0: You may notice up in our choir loft today, there is a pretty empty, well, I see one person up there. Hi. Uh, many of our choir members um, are out this week uh, because they, are, uh, they tested positive uh, with COVID. And so we want to uh, extend our prayers to them, let them know we're thinking of them. If they're watching us online, hello. Um, and you're uh, not gonna hear me sing as a backup. So I suppose that's good, right? All right. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Oh, God, help us to hear you and to know you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's a little thought exercise for us as we we get going this morning. I want you to think back maybe about 10 years or maybe, maybe even 20 years. Think about what you were doing. And think about the kind of person that you are That you were then and and that you are now all right now what has changed has anything changed are you the same person today that you were back then i know that i'm not i think about all i've done you know just in the past decade i I went to graduate school after a business career was ordained a a minister in the united church of christ I've learned how to wash my dishes before I put them in the dishwasher or else my spouse will have something to say about it. I've, I've grown up, right? I'm different. I'm changed. And I, and I hope that, you know, I'm glad about that. And I hope that, I hope that if, if you've also changed, you are glad about that, too, as you go on your life's journey. Today we are moving to a a different point in the history of the Christian Church as we look at the Reformation through the several hundred years that bring us closer to the establishment of the Christian community here in America. And in particular this morning I want to talk about the pivotal moment when reformers like Martin Luther began to unwind the hold of the religious establishment of the 16th century on the lives of the people. But even this is kind of an oversimplification of the time, and so while I would love to sit here and geek out with you over the next 15 minutes on reformed and counter-reformed thinking, this is a sermon, not a history lesson. So there are no major dates to remember or historical names to keep track of. You are welcome. but I have been fascinated by this point in our faith's unfolding history because Martin Luther and others helped the church continue its conversation about who we are as a children of God and as disciples of Jesus. And we know that Luther was so dynamic in his thinking, so revolutionary, that he was excommunicated for it, and that could not have been easy on him. Martin Luther suffered a great deal for his actions. And and like many of us, we know that he found solace in scripture and in one psalm in particular.
1: Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is on my side to help me. I shall look and triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in mortals. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. The Lord is my strength and my might. God has become my salvation. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and God has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches. Ope to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. O give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. For God's steadfast love endures forever.
0: You might have caught something in there. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I wonder, as Martin Luther and the other reformers looked at the religious landscape of their day, if they thought of their church as that of a gatekeeper. After all, how many gates has the church erected, both in their time and ours, to keep people out when God's presence beckons all who seek to come in? In Martin Luther's time, like now, we have erected gates of doctrine and theology that have divided us. Gates of unexamined tradition and practice prioritize prestige and privilege at the expense of radical welcome and hospitality. Symbols and rituals of nationalism in many expressions of American Christianity form a gate that distorts the gospel. Restrictions on God's beloved children, who is in and who is out, build gates upon gates. Luther is said to be the father of the Protestant Reformation, a movement that includes Reformation leaders like John Calvin, John Knox, Ulrich Zwingli, Thomas Cranmer, and others. And it's important to remember, too, that it's not just men who influence Reformation thinking, but women, the the wives of the Reformers and other thinkers, impacted the church significantly, and their contributions cannot and should not remain unacknowledged. Reverend Dr. Ron Patterson, a pastor in the United Church of Christ, writes that one of the ideas born in the Protestant Reformation, an idea that our UCC tradition holds close and cherishes, is the idea that being a a reformed Christian is to be continually reforming. That's why you hear all this talk of God is still speaking in our churches We cherish the Bible and many traditional ideas, but for us, the Bible is a guide and not a dictator, and tradition is a touchpoint, not a tether. I want us to begin thinking this morning in terms of touchpoints, because it can be much too easy for us to fall into a very human trap of insisting that this way is the right way, or these thoughts are the only right thoughts that you know, lead to being a good Christian or a good human being. This is the kind of thinking that the Protestant reformers sought to change. Their goal was to highlight one's own sense of God's relationship to us without any intermediary or church to declare what was right. I wonder how that sits with you. When you visit church, do you look at it as a place where you come to get all the correct information? Or as a place where you are challenged to learn and grow and understand your own place in God's world? I hope it's the latter. A few hundred years ago, a writer named Phyllis Tickle suggested that every 500 years or so, Christians need to hold a great garage sale and dump their worn-out old theological trash to embrace new ways of thinking about the treasure God gives in attempt to see and experience what new things the Holy Spirit is doing in the world. I argue that this time frame needs a bit of a refresh. Yes, there have been and will continue to be large historical changes in the way we see church. But our faith is something that is continually changing and adapting. And as people of faith, we are continually responding to the world. In fact, the word reformation holds the key right there. We are reformed as we stay in connection and community to these teachings and to one another. And we are reformed made new again every day and so i bristle when i often when i hear these words well this is the way that it's always been and so this is the way it should be not in my mind as a people of faith we are challenged encouraged and should be excited to see what god will do next in our own lives and the lives of our church community it's a balancing act Honoring our traditions and our past, that's important. But what worked well then worked well then. A reformed way of seeing our faith and our gathering together today as a Christian people requires us to see to the needs of our people today and to be willing to see to the needs of our people tomorrow as well. Do you know how diverse the United Church of Christ really is? We we tend to think of ourselves as belonging to a tradition that is white and mid to upper class, and many of our churches are. The United Church of Christ is, I believe, the only Protestant denomination that has a little bit of every bit of the Protestant Reformation within it. We take something from Martin Luther and something from Calvin, something from Zwingli. We find the English Reformation There, we even find some Anabaptist thought. Maybe there are a few Quakers among us. Basically, we're a smorgasbord. And with the number of Catholics that have joined the United Church of Christ over the years, including myself, we might say that we are a little bit Catholic, too. And certainly Catholic with a little C. We are universal. A universal church meant for all people. At least that's what we try to preach and teach and live. And we even have people who bring us the teachings of our ancestors. Celtic spirituality, pagans, universalists, African spiritualists, and practice, practitioners. You name it, we've got it. And I love that we are so eclectic with so many differing viewpoints and ideas. And our tradition of deep thinking and reflecting guides us as a community. We are truly living the reformers' teaching of a priesthood of all believers. You, me, together, we're doing this thing called church. Let's turn for a moment to this psalm again and to those words, open to me the gates of righteousness. We are reminded that the body of Christ was never intended to be a gated community. The influence of the reformers, Martin Luther, Calvin, etc., despite their faults, and despite our own quabbling over theology over the years, I think we're all on to something. The reformers had a message to give us, and there's still a message for us today. The gates are open. The scriptures are for all of us. The priesthood is community. God is still speaking. How are you being reformed today? How are you opening your mind and your heart to this world, to this time and place? How are you living the questions and the reality of your faith? Not because your parents did it or, or their parents did it, because, but because you are, you are here now, in this time in this place, in this world called by God to take a stand, to live out the gospel in ways that will liberate and free every single one of us. Because until all of us are free, none of us are free. And this is the message of the Reformation, one of our unique contributions to Christianity as well in the form of the United Church of Christ. We accept that we are still a work in progress. We're still trying to figure it all out. And we're trying to bring people with us, inviting ed- anybody who will come to see and to know and to feel the living God at work in this world today. We need that. I need that. With war and rumors of wars, with death and destruction all around us, I need to be reformed today. I need to be embraced by an ever-changing church one that connects us all, that preaches unity and community and connection, that walks with me when I am hurting, that challenges me when I want to take the easy way out, that won't let me give up, and that reminds me that hope is still churning, still moving us forward day after precious day. We are the reformers now, my friends. What will we become? And what will our contributions be? I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to see what we will do together. Amen.